and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the Finish Line Podcast. So today I have a very special guest. His name is John Lieber. He is running for the state treasurer of Wisconsin. How are you doing, Mr. Uh, how are you doing, John? Hi, I'm doing great. <clears throat> Thanks for hey. having me. Oh, absolutely. So what made you run for treasurer, state treasurer, if I may ask? Well, um, you know, I, I had been kind of looking at this office for a while. And I, four years ago, we had uh, a referendum to amend the Constitution. And the question was whether we were going to do away with the treasurer's office completely and replace it or we were going to keep it. And the referendum actually failed with about 61 percent voting to keep the office of the state treasurer. So I had been uh, interested to see what the treasurer you know, candidates would do with this office. And, you know, it was unfortunate because our current treasurer, the one who was running uh, four years ago for the office, uh, is a Democrat. And she promoted the office and started saying things that weren't quite true about what the duties of the office were. And it turns out she was only using the office to, you know, support her run for U.S. Senate. And I thought that this office, since we plan to keep it, really needs somebody who's dedicated to being state treasurer who actually wants to do the duties that are assigned to it, not just using it as a stepping stone for, you know, a different office or to further their political career. I think we just need somebody who's dedicated to serve in this office. Yeah. Or even do personal gains, uh, make sure that their bank account's full and they just have a state title. So for my listeners that are listening and I'm sure like brand new listeners, what does a state treasurer do? Like, so what are the sum of roles of the state treasurer do? Because that's a lot of a lot of people don't really know what a state treasurer does and how it impacts the state that they live in. Right. So the duties of the treasurer have changed a lot since the state was created. Um, and most of the duties have been removed to other agencies. The main role remaining for the treasurer is to be on the Board of Commissioners of Public Lands, or BCPL. And what that is it's a, it's a small agency that manages a $1.4 billion trust fund. That's billion with a B. It also manages 77,000 acres of state land and runs a municipal loan program. But the, the big benefit to the citizens of Wisconsin are that the profits from that trust fund are distributed as aid to school districts around the state. Approximately $35, $40 million every year goes to school districts. And that's money that doesn't have to come uh, from property taxes. So the more money that the that can be distributed, the less people have to pay in property taxes. That's awesome. Uh, and so my question would uh, not my question, but what kind of what made you like what like decided for you to throw in the hat for the race? Like what kind of just I, I don't know if you brushed over, but like was there a particular like did your family kind of encourage you or? Did you always want to become a state treasurer or was it the referendum that made you uh, say, okay, you know what? I got to, I have to do it. Sure. Well, I've always been, um, you know, interested in politics. I've been working uh, grassroots level for about 20 years now, helping other candidates get to le get elected. I've worked in the state capitol as, as a legislative aide for a number of years. So I, I've been involved in politics for a while uh, running for this specific office. Well, I mean, Let's be honest, nobody grows up as a kid saying, I, one day I want to be state treasurer. It, it's usually not on people's radar. I, I became aware of it, and I thought that, 
You know, it was interesting uh, this election cycle. There were eight, nine people running for lieutenant governor on the Republican ticket. And there was one, only one person running for state treasurer um, until I jumped in. And I thought, well, it's a good, good plan to give voters a choice in a primary election. And I thought I had a different viewpoint because my goal is not to grow the office. Um, I want, I'm a small government type of guy. I want to keep the office small. Right now, the treasurer's office only has one person in it, and that's the treasurer. Okay. And I want to keep it that way because we don't need a huge staff to do this job. We don't need, uh, you know, growing. We don't need to grow government in order to fulfill the duties. We just need the right person as treasurer. So, and I thought that's that viewpoint was really missing in this race from you know our side, from the Democrat side especially. We we just need somebody to you know somebody that voters could vote for that were that we're going to keep this office small. And that's kind of why I thought my message would uh, carry the day, and it turns out it did. And that's and that's the whole thing, because I'm all for small government. I'm not for big government because the government's already big enough. And then you add the state and it's like everybody has a state job. And so, you know, let's kind of shifting away. um, Where did you where did you graduate college from or did you go to college after high school? Oh, yeah, I went to college uh, UW Parkside. That's uh, in Kenosha County. Okay, And. I was graduated class of, what was it, 2000. Um, and more recently, though, I decided to go back to school, and I, I got a law degree from, from the Univers- University of Wisconsin just recently. So I also have a law degree. So my bachelor's uh, from Parkside was in history. Well, that's awesome. And did you, have, uh, did you ever, like, play sports in high school? Did you, like, um, were you in any clubs? Let's kind of go into that subject. And what was your favorite subject in high school as well? Uh, without a doubt, history. Um, I, I took all the AP history classes I could. I, I used to like math uh, until I got to calculus and, um, I just, that, that kind of sucked all the joy out of math for me, I'm afraid. Oh. Back in high school. <laughs> Cal- calculus is, well, I'll say it this way. All, all the other math I could kind of conceptualize and do a lot of it in my head. When I got to calculus, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't intrinsically understand some of the concepts. So, it just it just wasn't as fun for me as history. History, though, I love. I love. It, it's really a, a long story of civilization, and it's fun to fit all the pieces together and try to figure out why things happen, when they happen. Yeah. So when do um uh, and so we're gonna kind of say in history. Uh, what's your favorite history event that you love to learn that you wouldn't mind going back relearning? Well, you know, honestly, it it, it depends on the the time. Sometimes. Uh, I, I have a lot of books, so sometimes I feel like reading more about uh, aspects of World War II. Sometimes it's the Civil War, sometimes it's American Revolution, sometimes ancient civilizations, Greece and Rome, it, it and sometimes just random events that uh, you know pique my interest at times. It it kind of changes. I, I I always I studied mostly American history in in college, especially the American Revolution, the founding of our country. Isn't that, that was always that's yeah. fascinating. Uh, the American well, Revolution. You know, and and I got that from my mom. She was uh, also majoring in history. Actually, I think she has a master's in history. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got my love from history for her and my love of uh, America and American history and the founding from her. She had all the books on that. All the, you know, she read stories about the founding fathers to me. Paul Revere's Midnight Ride and all sorts of, you know, the classical type education almost. So the question then, so this is, we're going to kind of jump into the education department. 
do you see like what do you see the problem in our education system not only like what is your thoughts about evers purposely like having his hand in dpi to decrease the education uh, grading standards to only better himself to make himself look good during the COVID pandemic what are your thoughts on that uh, well, obviously, I don't agree with Evers. Uh, he's no, you're not. Both. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Um, so, as somebody who's worked in state government, um, I have not been impressed, obviously, with Evers' policy stances. But I have not been very impressed with the way he's actually run state government. I mean, a lot of it is making you know kind of unforced errors and, and very strange choices to lead agencies, people who weren't qualified. And just in general, he doesn't seem to know what he's doing, which is kind of surprising from somebody who's been in government for that long. But on the other hand, looking at the roles he has had, I'm, I guess I'm not really surprised because all he's done basically is government. And he's had other people to run things for him, but now he's in a position where he's supposed to make decisions and he doesn't seem to make the right ones. So so as far as the education part, I, you know, coming from DPI, I think he doesn't really understand how, you know, what's actually happening on the ground anymore. A DPI is kind of separated from the school districts, obviously. And part of the problem is my belief is DPI should be supporting school districts, supporting local schools when there's sort of a, you know, they're almost, they're almost competing against each other. They're almost kind of, I don't want to say enemies, but, they're not really working as a team sometimes. It's, it almost feels like DPI is trying to tell people what to do when they yeah. really should be asking, what can I do to help you teach the students? So I, th- yeah. I think we just need uh, just a mindset change in DPI, a- an idea that their role is to help the school districts rather than tell school districts what to do all the time. So then what... So, what are, oh, sorry. Uh, so, uh, um, uh, go ahead. Sorry about that. No, I, I was finished. Oh, Okay. So my question is, of course, the new school year started, and I don't know if you heard what Milwaukee School District did and Watosa School District with a 6-1 vote to now teach the gender stuff uh, at a kindergarten level. What is your thought about the current situation, for instance, a food program, where if you want to, the schools still want to continue the food program, they have to start teaching the gender grooming, per se, like into brainwashing kids into thinking, oh, whatever gender you are, you are, we have to cater to. What is your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's always concerning when, say, school districts are trying to push down lessons that maybe students aren't capable of really putting in context and understanding down to a level where it doesn't make sense just to please a political agenda. I, I think anytime you're going to have a politically based education curriculums, I think you're going to run into trouble. And I don't think this is any different. I haven't looked in, I haven't looked in the specifics, specifics of this case, but anytime you're putting politics ahead of children, then that's a problem. And I, I don't think that should be done. Do you see that happening more and more, especially in the state of Wisconsin? You look at Eau Claire, you look at Madison, you look at um, Milwaukee, do you see more of that prevalent in Wisconsin? And if you're a treasurer, Will you have a say, will you have like saying, okay, you know what, you guys are crossing the line. We're going to not fund you a certain amount. 
Well, I, I will say as treasurer, I don't believe um, I really have that capability because, again, the treasurer is just one person on the board of commissioners of public lands. And the, the Constitution requires that the proceeds from the common school fund be distributed to schools. It doesn't put limitations on that. And honestly, that's probably for the best, mm -hmm. because as, as you can imagine right now, the Democrats control that board because the board's composed of the um, state treasurer, secretary of state, and attorney general. And all those are Democrats right now. So you can imagine if they could withhold funds, they would withhold funds from conservative-leaning areas and send it all to Democrat-leaning areas. So it's probably for the best that we, you know, the board can't direct funds to only some school districts. Yeah. So be, because, again, the power to prevent somebody from doing something is also the power to compel them to do something. So yes. I think you can imagine that they could say, we won't give you money unless you teach these lessons that we want taught. Yeah. So, so, so the, yeah. Um, like um, the other question that I have or continue on our conversation is the division between the Republican Party. You know, we're, st we're thinking that um, like especially with the governor's race and even with the lieutenant governor's race and then we can go down to the secretary's race. Um, what is your thoughts on the division within the Republican Party and would that hinder uh, my, Tim Michaels and would that hinder your position or not position, but would that hinder your win? Well, I, there, there's no question it was a bruising primary. But as I tell people, you know what the best part about a primary election is? It ends. So the primary is over. And I think, you know, we've I've been on unity tours with Tim Michaels, Eric Tony. um, Amy Lonbeck, Roger Roth, we, we've been going around in counties and, you know, inviting even candidate, you know, supporters of the other candidates to kind of join the team again, because we really are all on the same side. And Republicans can, you know, have differences with other Republicans. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, whatever differences we have with each other pale in comparison to the differences we have with the Democrats running right now. Yeah. I mean, whatever you think of Tim Michaels, what, whoever else you support in the primary, he's going to be better and agree with you more than Tony Evers does. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if the Republican legislature passes a bill and puts it on the governor's desk, Tim Michaels is going to sign it and Tony Evers is not. And e even if you disagree with anything else he does, he's going to make sure Republican ideas get through, the Republican budget gets through. So that's a reason to vote for him, even if you're, you know, you still have policy differences. And that goes down the line with all of the other Republican candidates on the ballot. I mean, for, yeah. you know, for attorney general, Eric Tony is a prosecutor. He knows how to, you know, go after people who've committed crimes. Our current attorney general, he he's, you know, deciding which laws he wants to enforce and which ones he doesn't. So on that count, we just need somebody who's actually going to enforce the law. And Tony and Eric Tony works extremely hard. He, as I tell people, I see him on the campaign trail everywhere, and he's holding a full time job as district attorney in Fond du Lac. So he's doing two jobs right now. Josh Call isn't even doing the one job he was elected to do. So yeah. we're already better off if we get Eric in there. And of course, Amy Loudenbeck is, you know, she's actually knows how to do the job. Her the guy she's running against has been in there since before I was born. And I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not that young anymore. So that's a long time this Doug LaFall has been in there. Yeah. Amy actually knows how to do the job and, you know, can actually do, a res you know, 
be respected by her peers, something LaFala just isn't. Yeah. And so it's just interesting, you know, you look at the state of Wisconsin and you look at the lack of, um, not the unity, but then in this day and age, I wrote a letter to the paper and stuff. And I wrote about how, you know, you see all this manipulation where now the roads are being done. You know, now you have the $600 million uh, tax cut for the state of Wisconsin from Governor Evers' office. And my whole thing is, is that I said, do not be fooled because they're just manipulating you into voting again, Democratic. And then once they win the election, you're about to see prices that you've never seen before. And you're and you talk about division. You want, we're going to be on the brink of collapsing as a state. Is that kind of correct? Where where Tony Evers is now trying to like all cushy up with the voters now and you know, going out and saying, I did these roads. I helped these roads. You know, I've given tax dollars. But if you look at it, you have government provide funding from the COVID relief bill that was passed a year ago. And now it's being um, now it's being fulfilled. What is your thoughts on that? Uh, Tony Evers trying to cozy up with the voters now. Well, yeah, it's again, as somebody who's actually understands how the state government works and the budget process works. It's a joke, and I can see through Tony Evers, and I hope the voters do as well. I think they will. I mean, the point is, Tony Evers is going around taking credit for tax cuts. How did those tax cuts get passed? The Republicans put them in the budget. Tony Evers vetoed larger tax cuts. He signed this one off because the Republicans, you know, put it in the budget, and then he takes credit for the tax cuts Republicans put in the budget. And, you know, it just shows Tony Evers could have given everyone a larger tax cut by signing the original budget. It, it, I don't know if you watched the news uh, last couple days or was it a week ago. There have been record surpluses by the Department of Revenue with tax revenue. There's we've took it, We've taken in more money than we expected. We could have had larger tax cuts, but Tony Evers vetoed those. So he's yeah. trying to take credit for something he didn't do, but he's ignoring the fact that we could have had even bigger ones if not for him. And that's why, you know, once he's out and Tim Michaels is in, we're actually going to see real tax cuts and real, you know, balancing the budget. Right now, Tony Evers is just, well, it's kind of a joke. Yeah, it really is. And and he's made that office. He's made that governorship just a uh, absolutely a, just a clown office. It's like not even respected anymore. And so the question that I have for you is another question. And as we're going to kind of end and conclude, or not yet, but concluding, but what is your thoughts on the lack of patriotism in Wisconsin? Like you see more, like I go around and I'm like, I just like, not, it's not only in Wisconsin, but it's also America where people are not patriotic anymore. Like that patriotic blood is starting to dwindle down and that they have more hate for this country and what it was founded on. What is your thoughts on that as a history guru? Do you see that happening and playing out? Well, you know, honestly, I, I thankfully I don't see that, but it could be because I'm talking to a lot of Republicans. You know, there, there's an old uh, trick. So I've been knocking on doors, helping campaigns for decades now. You know what the best indication that the person inside that house is a Republican is? An exactly. American flag, American flag in their yard. That's a great sign that they're either a veteran or a Republican. And, you know, usually that's both. But I see I see a lot of patriotism. I see a lot of people maybe frustrated with the direction of the country, which isn't surprising given Joe Biden in office and, you know, Tony Evers. But I don't I don't think people are less patriotic. 
I think sometimes the Democrats try to, you know, point out the failures of America and they don't quite understand what that does when they teach kids about all the problems, but they don't teach the pride part. So I think yeah. maybe we need to focus on that in the schools to make people proud to be Americans. I grew up, I was proud to be American. I always have been. And, you know, part of that was I learned that in school. So I think part of that starts in school, but I think among the voters, I think people still are patriotic. I think the democratic politicians, you know, criticize people who are patriots, but I don't think among the general voters, I don't think there's a lack of patriots, lack of patriotism. I think really what they're looking for is people running for office to say, I'm proud to be an American and you should be too. And I think people respond to patriots running. I really do. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, it's, I think some people can be cynical if, you know, they just see a candidate running, you know, waving a flag and saying, vote for me, I'm a patriot. I think you have to show that you actually believe that. So I think maybe that's maybe somewhere where the cynicism you're seeing or lack of it is. But I think deep down, people are proud to be Americans. I think they're proud to be, you know, patriotic. The yeah. way it comes out, I mean, some of it, sometimes I think people may be a little intimidated from, you know, just outright displaying that but i think deep down it's there and it's you know runs deep through american culture yeah i you know i also i also think you know that what's your most then what's your um explanation or what are your thoughts on uh joe biden's recent statement of you know the fault is mega's republican it's the mega republicans fault that we're in this situation you know he pretty much blamed mega republicans fault what is your thoughts on that like he stated that last night uh, at his address, and he stated that it was like our faults and the Republicans' fault, especially MAGA, and stating that like the reason why we can't get things done is because it's the other side's fault. What do you think? Well, <laughs> obviously, I don't agree with Joe Biden. No. I think he's 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 a career politician who blames the opposing party for all of his problems. I mean, he's the president right now. He needs to take responsibility. And yep. I think that's why people are upset with the direction of the country. He is desperately looking for somebody else to blame for his mistakes and his problems. That's all that is. Anytime Joe Biden complains about somebody else doing something, well, you know, look in the mirror, Joe Biden. It's you're, you're supposed to be the one running the country. If there's a problem, you're supposed to be the one to fix it. And if you can't, then we need somebody else. And I, I mean, I've, I've heard, you know, I've seen polls where even Democrats don't want him to run again. He's not exactly a beloved character. So he's trying to rally no. his base by blaming Republicans. That's all he's got left. Yeah. And it's and it's sad because you have you I mean, it's sad to see. And so what is your so I know you've probably seen around Wisconsin, you see a red wave. You know, you see red wave and what is your thought on the red wave? And do you think it's do you think we'll actually fully take over the House and the Senate? Anyway, the Alaska race didn't go as planned. Neither did New York. Now, is that foreshadowing what could happen, or what do you think? I think there, there's interesting dynamics in any sort of, you know, election like those. I mean, I, I, I don't think they're indicative of a general trend. I think every – I think the trend will be towards Republicans. I feel better about taking back the House than the Senate right now. The Senate's, you know, going to be tough. And I mean, the key, obviously, we have to win here. Ron Johnson has to win and, and keep his seat for yeah. us to have a chance to get the Senate. But there are other Senate races that are not looking so great right now. So I, I'm ultimately I'm not so worried about taking back the Senate and the House. We just need one branch, really. Yep. 
just one because Biden's going to be president for, you know, until, you know, 2024 in any case. So it's not like we can get stuff passed over him. So as long as we take back the house and I'm pretty, I feel pretty good about the house, especially in Wisconsin, we've got the third district. Um, Ron kind is retiring. So we've got a good candidate, uh, Derek Van Orden running and it's a real pickup seat. So I think if Wisconsin can do its part to get, you know, pick up one house seat here and we just get a couple more around this country, I think we're going to take back the house. Yep. I agree with you uh, full heartedly. So are there, do you have any final thoughts for those voters that are still like um, are on the fence, like those independent voters, which I have a huge amount of independent voters that do listen to my podcast. Do you have final thoughts for them on why they should vote for you over the other candidate? Well, as I said, I'm the only candidate who wants uh, to keep this office small and who supports small government. I I just don't think we need to expand government uh, time after time. We don't need more staff in the treasurer's office. We need somebody in the treasurer's office who can do the job by themselves and understands their role as being treasurer. And as I said, the, the, uh, the main job is to be on the board of commissioners of public lands and the job of that agency is to grow the trust fund. So I want to be a responsible investment manager, make sure that we're making the best choices and making sure we can, you know, increase the profits as much as possible to give out state aid. I, I think in general, people, uh, you know, I understand people aren't going out to the polls excited to vote for a state treasurer. They're going to vote for a governor and senator. But I think, you know, up and down the ticket, I think the Republican Party is the right choice in this election. Wisconsin Absolutely. needs a new direction. We Absolutely. need a change. Because this is, you know, Tony Evers has been running Wisconsin for four years now. And look at what's happened. It's not going in the right direction. We need a change, and Republicans are that change this year. So that's why I believe voters should give us a chance to, you know, make the changes we need. Absolutely. So with this in mind, I want to say thank you so much, John Lieber, uh, for stopping in at the remember god loves you not me at the finish on podcast and don't forget uh to vote for john lieber as your state treasurer on november 8th of 2022 may you guys have a blessed day remember god loves you and i'll meet you at the finish line thank you again john thank you